0: Great cash, homie. Would you please break a damn storm? He took it out. Oh, boy, you.
1: Monday edition of PFTOT also becomes part of the PFTPM podcast. Chris Sims back. Chris Sims looking good, looking rested, looking healthy. I don't know what's going on inside your stomach and other internal organs, but... You've pulled it together, and I'm glad to see that you're back and that you're okay. I was worried about
0: you last week. Thanks, man. I'm doing good. I am. I'm not, like, totally 100% yet, um, but I'm, I'm feeling a whole lot better, and it's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I just I haven't had the stomach flu like that in a long time, so I'm just glad I'm out of, the, uh, out of the woods with that one. I think you had food poisoning. I don't know what it was, though. We ate dinner
1: together on Tuesday night. Maybe it's but for the grace of God goes I, but... I, I think it was I think it was more than a bug man I not that I have any qualifications whatsoever to diagnose it but it just seemed too
0: extreme to be a simple bug to me It, it was it's well you know this is where I in my life this is where and I don't think it was because my wife got sick as well and we really didn't eat anything in common I told you about my niece who was under the weather too but what, what my issue with in life is the fact that I do have no spleen I have a hard time kicking things like this and I do yes after about 12 hours, of throwing up every 45 to 50 minutes I finally went to a doctor in Indianapolis because I was like I don't know how bad this is going to be am I going to be able to fend this off where's it go and I went to a doctor and got on the right you know on the right road to recovery well I'm glad
1: it worked out glad you're back and uh one of the things that was happening in Indianapolis you heard plenty about it we talked about it during the show where is Tom Brady going to go and look I I am convinced that No one knows what the hell is going on, and Tom Brady loves it. Now, we are compelled to report on it. We are compelled to talk about it. A couple of reports that popped up last week, Mike Giardi of NFL Media said the Giants are interested in Tom Brady. There had been multiple reports the Colts are interested. Albert Breer of SI.com knocks both of those down today, and we're going to have that. We're going to have this circular firing squad of media uh, disputing each other's reports, being catty and petty about who's reporting what and who had it first. That's just our reality until Tom Brady picks a team. But uh, Colts, uh, Colts, I I think, makes sense, more sense than Phillip Rivers, frankly, for them to go after Tom Brady. But it never made sense for the Giants to be interested in Tom Brady. They got Daniel Jones. Why do you want to stunt his growth and put him on
0: the bench for a couple of years just because you're infatuated with a guy that you still don't have the offensive line to protect him. Yeah, that made no sense. And, and again, I don't. And Tom Brady's not going to a place like the New York Giants right now. Like, oh yeah, I've won six Super Bowls and I'm 43 years old. I want to go to a rebuild. Yeah, right. There's no way. You know, just because Joe Judge is there and he's from New England means nothing. And you're exactly right. The Giants would be... I, you know, for just lack of a better phrase, just plain old stupid if they brought him there right now with Daniel Jones. I mean, you, you made all the right points. The Colts one, like, you're right. From the football standpoint, you thought, like, okay, well, that could make sense. Tom Brady could see some things there that he's going to like. You know, the, the Colts one, I wonder this, Mike, if – You know, we hear that they're not expected to pursue Brady because they were already told at the combine that Brady will not be pursuing them in any stretch of the imagination, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that's where I think of there. Again, nothing I have. a You and I, we love Indianapolis. We have a great time. I just don't see Giselle Bundchen, Bundchen. Bundchen, I can never say her name. You know, Giselle Bundchen, Bundchen. Bundchen or Bundchen. Okay. I think it's technically Boonshin, well, but there is not
1: a third syllable. Well, I can say that. Okay. Whatever the two syllables are, there's not an an n in there. Well,
0: it's not Bundchen. Okay. Well, she's a superstar, and she can just go by one name, and that's Giselle. And I just don't see Tom and Giselle living in Indianapolis, Indiana. I just don't. I don't think they're the, that that would be their go-to type of spot. Again, I think Brady is going to go somewhere where this the team is good. The team has a chance to be in the Super Bowl this year or in that conversation. I think this is more about money. This is about, yeah, maybe like you've said a lot, respect, like he wants it because he doesn't get it from Bill Belichick. I think he'd love to go somewhere and win a Super Bowl and be like, ha, it wasn't Bill, it was me. And uh, I think that's the type of team he's going to continue to look for along with, you know, I think he's trying to outdo Michael Jordan to become that... Icon of seven rings over Michael's six rings. And I'm with you.
1: I, I I love Indianapolis, and I hope the combine never leaves, although I accept the fact that it soon will yeah, be it seems because like the NFL it. thinks he can make money moving it around. But it's almost like Indianapolis defers to the combine. Like, it's not like there's a bunch of people everywhere. These coaches and GMs are anywhere you would want to see them. And it's not like there's a a crush of fans hanging around trying to bother them. Like, Indianapolis just respectfully steps back, surrenders the city to the NFL, and stays out of the way. There's just like a cluster of autograph seekers when you leave the combine each day. Like, four or five people. That's it. And uh, I'm impressed by that aspect of it, that, that it can proceed without being impeded. By, you know, what what could happen in one of these other cities where there's a crush of fans everywhere you go and it makes it harder to get from point A to point B. But all that said, I agree also, I don't see the Brady's relocating the family to Indianapolis. And you're right, it's very it's very quick to get to the point where you're not going to pursue Tom Brady if you've gotten the message last week that you're not on Tom Brady's list, which gets back to what we talked about earlier. We don't know who's on his list. No. You know, we when don't. I hear the Dolphins say, why would you want to come here? Well, okay, fine. But he wants to. That changes everything, right? Yes. Uh, Steven Ross and Brian Flores, ah, why would you want to come here? Well, I do. Okay, well, we'll get a locker ready for you. So I don't know who is going to fall into that category. We threw around some ideas during the show, but I think we can't overlook where Tom thinks he wants to be. And how do you say no to that? Whoever you are, Dolphins, 49ers, any other team out there, if he wants to play for you, and you say no, and it gets out, and he does well somewhere else, and you don't, you look as bad as the Texans did in 2012 for saying no to Peyton Manning when he wanted to play for them, and they decided to stick with Matt Schaub. Right. How'd that work out for the Texans? Y- yeah, So well, that, that's yeah. a very real dynamic here. If Tom wants you to be interested... Uh, I think that changes your analysis dramatically.
0: Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, I think you're 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 right about that. It, it's going to corner teams into yeah, it's going to put teams in a corner a little bit, for all the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, they're not now. It might get leaked that he wanted to be there. We didn't do it. Uh, yeah, he goes somewhere else and is successful. Now we get you know the backlash from our own fans and all that. But I will say this: there's going to be a number of teams that you know again you know, it, not, Tom Brady's not necessarily going to be the right thing for that team at that moment. You could have a young team and you're trying to build things and you don't want to necessarily have an old guy who came from a different culture and all that, you know, coming into your locker room and shaking things up when you're trying to mold this younger team into, you know, being, having their own culture and having leaders and all that. So, uh, you know, again, I'm really interested too. I don't know where this goes. My heart of hearts tells me, you know, a team like the Tennessee Titans – would make a lot of sense. I get that because I think there's potential there. And I just feel like there's there's probably a team out there that we're not thinking of or there's something going on in the back channels that we're not aware of where Brady and his crew are trying to work some angle. And that's where I, I just don't know. And it gets very interesting to me. Well, now that the
1: combine is over, the clock is ticking toward March 16. The closer we get to that date without news of a deal with the Patriots, the more likely it is that he will be leaving. And I just want to say one other thing about Brady. This came up last week. There was a report, and I can't remember how many different people put this out there. I don't think it was just one. But this idea that, well, the reason the Patriots and Brady's representatives didn't meet in Indy is because they don't know what's going to be up with the CBA, so they don't know how the deal is going to be structured. Look— there's two options. They get a new CBA or they don't. It's not all that difficult to know what the general structure of a deal would be under either scenario. You still get together. You still make it clear that you want the guy. You still make it clear that this is the range of the raw dollars he's gonna make this year, regardless of how we structure it. So I think that was kind of a, a that was kind of a cop out PR type of a leak aimed at making it look not disrespectful that the Patriots didn't get together with his agent. I think that there is a level of disrespect there. I mean, he's meeting with everybody else who's interested. Why don't you just at least bring him in and talk to him and make it clear that they want to keep him and they look forward to negotiating this thing once they know what the CBA is going to be. And and I just I think that was a that was a telling omission by the Patriots to not get together with Don Yee.
0: Yeah, it was. Well, the the Patriots though, and again. You know, at one point here, Belichick is going to tell Brady how awesome he is and show him all the respect in the world. That time's just not here yet because he still, you know, could possibly be on the team or in the NFL. And the Patriots have become the Patriots because they they run it like a business no matter who's involved. And I think Mr. Kraft finally gave Bill Belichick the right away with Brady to go, okay, yep, All right, I know you want him back. You don't want to give him this amount of money or whatever it may be. And Tom feels a little spurned by it. So they're going to let him go out there and check it. I still think at the last second, the Patriots are going to try to swoop, swoop in and, and make Tom Brady and talk to him and try to make him feel comfortable about the Patriots once again and bring him back. I do. Uh, but, you know, I just, I wonder at that point, will Brady be too pissed off? Uh, will he be too hurt by the situation and personally scorned by it to where he's not going to want to hear it. And he's going to be, you know, you know, hell bent on trying to get the hell out of new England and going somewhere somewhere else to shove it up Bill Belichick's you know what
1: Yeah, I think one thing the Patriot way never really accounted for is the possibility that you're going to have a quarterback for 20 years. Yeah. and you're going to have to convince him to stick around for year 21. The other angle too that that uh, somebody suggested to me in Indianapolis will Robert Kraft get involved at some point and supersede Bill Belichick, whether it's the financial offer or whatever. And and that's the thing. Even if Robert Kraft gets involved to try to keep Tom Brady, if Brady thinks Bill Belichick doesn't want him, why stay? I mean, I think Brady is looking for some indication from Belichick that this is truly what Belichick wants. And I think Brady has always feared that Belichick would get to a point where he doesn't want him. I think he needs to see and hear something from Belichick that lets him know clearly and unequivocally that he wants him to stay. And without that, maybe he goes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that's very real. And I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to get a lot of warm and cozy words from Bill Belichick when that time comes. I mean, I think Bill might say a few things to show him, hey, I, got, I respect you and all that. But this is not going to be like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad you're back, Tommy. Let's hug and kiss and do everything like that. No, I just, again... You know, just from my knowledge of Bill Belichick, him growing up in the Bill Parcells school, me being around that in my life with my dad and all that, you know, those type of things just don't get said with this type of regime until the career is over and they're out of the business aspect of it. Now, Bill Parcells calls my dad on, you know, Super Bowl Sunday every year to say thanks and says something like that, right, and shows his appreciation. And, man, does my dad love it. I mean, he loves it to hear from Bill every year. And they talk more than that. But, you know, uh, that, that's just the way these old-school NFL head coaches work. They're not going to, like, you know, make you feel – it's not their job to make you feel appreciated and great all the time. They're doing their job because they think, ooh, it pissed off Tom Brady or, you know, and a Tom Brady with an edge about him is a better football player. And that's better for our team, not necessarily better for our personal relationship. There's
1: always that concern. Guys are going to get complacent. Guys are going to get soft. Guys aren't going to produce. And that – That distance, that withholding of emotion in the minds of some of the old school coaches is the way to get maximum production. Others would say that if you go ahead and show the emotion and show the appreciation, maybe you get even greater dedication during the existence of the career. All right. We talked a lot about Tom Brady. I'm going to cut and run on the fly here and move to a topic that is going to continue to be one of the most important aspects of the coverage of the NFL in the coming days, the collective bargaining agreement. And Chris, here's what happened on Friday. The union sent out to all players a 10-page detailed summary of the deal. And I got a few highlights I want to share with you and get your reaction to. We've already talked about the dramatic changes in the marijuana policy, which you have applauded, which basically they're so dramatic, Chris. It makes me wonder why the hell they even have it. Like, why go through yeah, why? The, the trouble and the expense of getting urine tests from all these players? And apparently they're not going to do 20% of the team when they do the annual testing. They're not going to do everybody. But even then, why go to the trouble of doing all
0: of this if it's going to be so impossible to get suspended? Yeah, I, I don't know. You're right. It looks like it's one of those things that they just said, let's do it to do it. It seems like uh, that's what uh, we should do just so we could check a box and say, yeah, we've tested them for marijuana, right? I mean, that's really all it seems to be at this point. You're right. I wish they would just get rid of it. There's no point in it, okay? You're not doing anything NFL. First of all, they've set the level at which you got to test for. I mean, let me just tell you right now with the THC in my body, I am at max capacity, okay? I am at max capacity. The new level which that you have to get under is 150 nanograms. Man, you can get a. I could get under 150 nanograms, and I don't know where I'm at. I'm at infinity right now. Where I could get down there, <laughs> I could get down there in a hurry with just some normal, natural remedies. Right, sweating, working out, drinking a few things that clean your body out that way. Nothing illegal to where you can get under 150. So to your point, you're right. I just wish they would get rid of it. All right, and then if a guy gets in trouble legally with it. Then, okay. Now you get tested and you're in the drug program or something like that. but but, to me, yes, it's kind of like they just checked the a box to say they're doing it. but but I think
1: this entire formula of the number of positive tests resulting in suspensions, cetera, I think that's been scrapped as well. I, it sounds but like you're it. right. The, the difference between thirty five nanograms and one fifty we've talked about this before. It's astronomical. and, uh, it, it really does make you wonder, why are they doing it? And maybe this is a step toward getting rid of it altogether. And by the time the next CBA rolls around, they may get rid of it altogether. All right, flip side, Chris, you'll like this. Yeah. The punishment for PED use is going up. Now, for stimulants, it's been cut in half from four games down to two for a first offense, 10 games down to five for a second offense. But for non-stimulant PEDs, first offense goes from four games to six games and second offense goes from 10 to a full season of 17
0: games. Well, you know I like that. I'm all for it. I don't think the six games is enough. I think that should be eight games. You know, you want to mess around and cheat and cheat us all, then you lose half the season. You do it again, you lose another season. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they were stricter. I like it that way right there. And also, I want clear evidence of what the guy did. I wanna know the guy that's that is that is treating me like a jerk at home, okay? And me sitting there going, Man, he's special. I wanna know when he gets caught cheating why I thought he was special. I wanna know it. And I want him to be You wanna know where those legs and butts come from. I do if if it if it's it's a false if it's a fraudulent leg and butt I want to know where it did come from and I want you exposed it's just bad for the sport let's not go down this way go down that way in the NFL and yes let's make the players more accountable to not be able to give us the bullcrap excuses we constantly hear to where nope hey it's this guy hey there's player X he tested positive for this performance enhancing drug like I I want the players need to know they're going to get embarrassed and ridiculed uh, along with the suspension. If they just get the suspension, you know, I still think you're going to have guys that are going to tote that line and try to uh, flirt with danger there. It's part of the deterrent effect, right? Knowing that you're going to be exposed, knowing that all the
1: details are going to come out, and you're going to be shamed publicly yes. and privately right. because of what you did. Now, I think the idea is let's increase the penalties and try to enhance the deterrence that way, but that may not be enough. And I don't know what the problem is with when the guy tests positive, putting it all out there and letting the world see what they concluded that he did, what he took, so that this whole idea that I got a bad supplement at GNC can go down the drain for good. If if I'm if
0: I'm if I'm on the NFL PA and I'm one of the representatives or one of those guys too, I want it. This is what I want. I mean, I'm playing the game the right way. I want the guys that are cheating out of here, and I want, them, I want them embarrassed. This is not good for our players. you know. And that, to me, is why I, I wish they would make it public. Sorry, didn't mean to cut the
1: you off. The DUI penalty goes from a two-game suspension to a three-game suspension under the proposed CBA, which I think is fine. I have always thought the suspension should be greater if you're going to be in the habit of disciplining players for things they do in their private lives then this is the one thing that needs to be treated more seriously, especially in this day and age, Chris. All you got to do is grab your cell phone device, punch the ride-sharing app, and you're going to have a ride there in five minutes. Uh, no matter how drunk you get, you should be able to figure that out, and you can get home, and you don't have to get behind the wheel of a car and potentially kill somebody. So I like the fact there's three games. I've always thought it should be more. And it, it's not like the... the, 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 the Guys who drive drunk are going to generate much sympathy. So this is a step in the right right direction. I'd like to see it much higher than three games,
0: though. I'm with you there, too. I am. I mean, that's just, you know, that's dangerous. It's bad for the league. You're endangering lives. There's nothing positive about it. And you're right. There's nobody with an excuse this more anymore in the NFL. I mean, with all the ride sharing apps and everybody's making pretty good money uh, that you should never really be putting yourself in, in that position. Here's one that really got my attention. It deals with when the player's
1: cut goes from 48% to 48.5% and possibly as high as 48.8%. They got rid of the formula that tied the increase in the player's share to what the league does with that 17th game. Instead, 48 becomes 48.5 if the league gets 60% more revenue under the next wave of TV deals. And that sounds like a hell of a big number it's less than what the league currently expects to get if they could just get this CBA done and move on to the TV contracts. So the 48.5 is a no-brainer. The thing that really shocked me, Chris, they have a provision in there that 48.5 becomes 48.8%, and that extra .3 is a ton of money when you're talking about multiple billions of dollars. If the NFL gets 120% more than they're currently getting under their TV deals. The fact that 120% is even on the radar... Tells you the magnitude of the contracts that are on the table or in the vicinity of the table that the league would like to get to, and that NFLPA Executive Director DeMore Smith would like to get to if they can just sell the rank and file on voting yes on this CBA so everyone can move forward to carve up a pie that is going to be massive. That is what – I about fell out of the chair when I saw that they even factor in the possibility of a 120% increase in TV money.
0: Well, okay. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm amazed by that, too. All right? But my first thing – I mean, to you – and, again, I'm not Johnny Businessman by any stretch stretch of the imagination. I know you're a lot smarter than me. but You have good instincts, though. You have good instincts. Yes, okay. Thank you. I do. I I feel like I do have good instincts. Right, on that. (laughs) But so (laughs) does that make sense to you, though? I mean, 120% increase for .3 of an increase to the rest of the league? Does that not seem a little imbalanced? I mean, to me, just right off the bat, you know, I'm going to go, oh, 60% increase, 0.5% 0.5 percent increase for the players and then 120 percent increase is just 0.3 more you know those are the things that I again I haven't read the details of the current CBA or anything like that, where I want to go huh seems like the billionaires are pulling a fast one on all of us once again I don't know well
1: and and you know that's a good point why not why not create a, a more specific formula where it's 485 for 60 percent 48 six for 70 percent. Forty eight seven for eighty percent. Forty eight nine. For ninety percent and forty nine flat if it's a hundred percent. It's all gravy at that point. Right. Right? Right. Right. And if you want to get the deal done, that's the kind of carrot you need to dangle. I think so. so yeah. Uh, I think I think we're onto something. See, I told you your instincts
0: were good. Well, I know. Well yeah, well, I just think of like if, if I'm the owners, I'm going, Well, okay, that's a hundred and twenty percent there, TV, TV companies. Let's dial it back to a hundred and nineteen percent. Right. One nineteen. And now we don't have to give them the point three that we talked about. Like, those are yeah. the things I think of where I just go... That, and you know that stuff happens. Right. You know that stuff happens. Right. It's
1: basic dollars and cents. And here's, here's the, the last one that we'll mention here. Um, and if I was on the fence as a player and not knowing what to do, and we talked earlier in the show, what I would do depends upon who I am, how much I'm making, what position I play, how long I've played. I understand why the union wants to get this done and move on to the TV contracts. I understand that. But if I was truly on the fence... This, it's the last line of a 10-page summary. It says that the term of the agreement is that it would begin in the 2020 season and it would last through the 2030 season. Well, Chris, here's a problem with that. We've been led to believe this is a 10-year deal. It's a 10-year deal. The last year deal was a 10-year deal. 10-year deal, 10-year deal. 2020 through 2030 season is an 11-year deal. Right. And and, and that's the kind of thing that if I was undecided – I would say we're not on TV right now. there's some bullshit in this deal. yeah, and this is evidence of it. And if I see one little piece of bullshit, I'm gonna assume there's more bullshit right and 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 that that right there, that would be enough if I was on the fence to get me to vote no because don't tell me it's a 10 year deal and then try to slip this little math problem in where I say, oh yeah, 30 minus 20 is 10. That's not 10 years. It's 11 years. And we do that all the time with guys. Like, did they play 10 seasons? Well, 2010 through 2019 is 10 seasons, even though it's not 10 years. So, yeah, if it's a 10-year deal, it goes through 2029 season, not 2030. That, to me, was a bright red flag. And, again, if I was on the fence... I'd be inclined to say, I'm not voting for this deal because I want to know what other bullshit is lurking in the contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, just right now at, at the very, you know, topical level, it seems rushed. And I feel like all the right power for people are trying to rush it, which me as a player wants to go, whoa, let's put the brakes on. Why do they want to get this done so fast? And what is in it for them to get it done? And I understand the other business aspects of it, but you're right. Those are the things that would certainly have me, have me questioning it.
1: And I think the reasons from the top of the NFLPA, at least at the executive director level, are benevolent, that he realizes there's two deals. What we do with the league and what the league does with the TV contracts. And we can get a better deal with the league, but if we get a smaller pie, it doesn't matter. We get a bigger piece of a smaller pie, I'd rather have a smaller piece of a bigger pie, right? But I don't know that the communication has been there. You know, the agents have been alienated. There's been a very acrimonious relationship between the management of the union and agents in recent years. So when it's time to... To activate the agents to get them to tell their clients what to do, maybe it's going to be harder to do that than it would have been. So th- this thing is, I think it's far closer to being in the balance than a lot of people believe. And we'll see what happens when they send out the ballots and what the guys do when they vote. All right, a couple more quick topics before we wrap this up. How about Tony Romo and 17 Ooh, million a year? Baby. And my position is, hey, God love him, get what you can. But 17 million, I mean, 10 million would have been a record. 17 million, all because ESPN was lurking in the weeds, waiting for a chance to
0: pursue him for Monday night football, that is incredible, Chris. It is incredible. Eye popping when I first saw it. I mean, awesome. It really is. I'm happy for Tony Romo too. You know, to me, you know, again, yeah, that's a lot of money. I wasn't expecting to hear that type of money and You know, I, it sounds like there might've been somewhat of a bidding war for Tony Romo and his talents. Um, But I think again, if the networks want to start bringing the big time quarterbacks back into the fold here, if you want Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and those type of guys to start announcing football games, once again, then it's going to take that, that type of money. Like t- Peyton Manning's not going to announce a football game for $4 million a year. That's just, that's not going to happen. You know, not when he's got 250 million in the bank, it's just not worth it. He's gonna be like, damn, what? I'd rather, you know, sit at home and drink beers than do that for, for, you know, so Eat this chicken parm, right. And chicken parm, chicken parm, you taste so good, but like, yeah, he's, these are the type of things. If you want to get those type of players, the elite NFL superstar players, like we used to see in the old days, Frank Gifford. For Terry Bradshaw, all those guys, the market's got to match up, and the TV station can't be paying you know billions of dollars to do a game and then think, oh, I, for our number one game, we can get some star out here who wants to have like a little publicity. No, those, those days are gone. Guys can publicize themselves; they don't need the TV company all the time. So, if you want that to go along with what you're doing in a game, uh, this is this is the the way the market has to go. I think.
1: There's another side of this coin as well, no pun intended. I thought of this earlier and I need to really develop this some more because I don't know who the candidates would be. But, but seventeen million a year is more than what most coaches make. Right. 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 At what point does your buddy Kyle Shanahan yeah, say, right. man, this gig would be a hell of a lot easier if I didn't have to worry about getting fired every year, if I wasn't working every waking moment of the year. And I still get paid as much money or more, more, a lot more. Now, the thing is, you got to prove your worth. And Tony Romo did it the first three years. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of like a charismatic coach, you know, a John Gruden type 12 years ago. Right. Young in the sport, able to be around for a long time. Hell, if I'm Gruden, if I'm Gruden, I'm thinking, what the hell? I got off the gravy train two years too early. I'm only making $10 million a year from mark davis i could be making 15 17 20 million a year if i'd driven a hard enough bargain with espn well yeah so you're thinking of like I, a sean mcveigh
0: that, type somebody like that if sean mcveigh had like sean four McVeigh years says, from now you know, all right i'm done perfect, i can't do perfect. it right the hell with this right. i've done it and i want a little bit of an easier
1: life and you got a you know a guy with an engaging personality yes. i think kyle could be that guy if he just kind of let it go yeah I think he's very i think he's very he's measured he is about showing himself right um but but McVeigh would fall into that category. Uh and and look again, you got you gotta do it and it's gotta work. Yeah. And you know, if it works that first year, you are set for life. We saw it with Tony Romo. It's all eggs in that first year basket. But that's another look, if if I'm if I'm a coach, that is now firmly on my radar screen as an option for me. But you have to understand and recognize that, uh, yeah, there, there's a chance that you don't have the chops for it. You've got the knowledge for it, but you've got to be able to execute in that job. And it takes the right kind of personality. Gruden had it. McVay probably has it. Kyle would have it if he wanted to show it, I think. Yeah. And uh, for some of these guys, man, life's too short. Life's too short to be grinding, 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 grinding every single day. And having your employment hinge on the bounce of a ball or whether or not a
0: guy 3,000 miles away who is watching the replay of what just happened makes the right decision. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, uh, I think this will – Maybe entice some personalities to retire early, or at least think about that in their future at some point. You know, yeah, you know, and again, even maybe some of the older coaches. It doesn't even have to be the young guys. You know, like, Sean Payton? Right. Sean, Sean, exactly. You know, at what
1: point does Sean Payton say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to make just as much money sitting in the booth." I mean, we've seen him doing more and more TV too, and no he's doubt. good at it.
0: Yes, you're right. At what that point would be does, does he say? I
1: get off the sideline,
0: I sit in a booth, and I get to enjoy my life. Yeah, you're exactly right, though. That's the type of guy I was thinking about. Yeah, why why, why sweat it out until I'm like 68 years old to see if I can, you know, win another Super Bowl or two? Like, I understand he's got that yearning, but, yeah, it's like you said, life is short, and with that kind of money, that will make – Uh, I think coaches reconsider if they got to that point in their career where they were going, oh, man, this has been long. This has been tough. Do I want to keep doing this? How long do I want to do this? Oh, hello, TV network. You're offering this? Whoa, okay. That's great. Okay. Hey, Mr. Owner, I think I'm only going to coach for another year. I think I'm done. I mean, yeah, that's the type of money that's going to make that kind of thing happen. You know,
1: ESPN was planning to get Romo to put him in the booth for Monday Night Football. Now they have alternative plans, according to a report that I saw recently, I think it was Andrew Marchand of the New York Post in the story explaining what Romo's getting. I'd go after Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about paying 17 to $20 million for Tony Romo, I would just pay it to Peyton Manning and be done with it, Chris. I mean, there's no doubt that Manning is going to be awesome if and when he chooses to do it. What? Uh, what is the number? And I, I've said this before with guys like Nick Saban, like there's a number between 10 and 20 million that you could offer him that he would come back to the NFL. There's a number between 15 and 25 million that if you offered Peyton Manning, there's no way he's going to say no to it. No, I, it's 17 I, days of work out of the year. Yes. Well, And I know it's more than that. Yeah, but I know, you know he's You're probably right. still following the sport anyway right. and paying attention to
0: stuff and breaking down film. I mean,
1: and the guy's smart enough. He could just show up and do the damn game.
0: Well, he could. I mean, yes, I, you know, and again – yeah, I think this is this is this will get his attention. Definitely a guy like Peyton Manning. And of course, you know, if he comes and do, d- does this, he's going to want more than Tony Romo. He's going to go, "Yeah, Tony Romo's really good, but I'm Peyton Manning, so I want more than that." And then they're going to have to give him that. But yeah, he's 20 20- 20 20. it might have to be but I don't know who else are we missing any other personalities out there right now or players that we can think of that would fit that mold but yeah Peyton's certainly there
1: Drew Drew Brees is playing one more year but you start kicking around cash like that and uh, it may only be one more year yeah Tommy I don't know how Brady I don't know how Brady would do in that setting um, I think he could don't be know. great
0: about it. I don't think he cares. I, I just don't know. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be his like style. He, he's going to go gotta, on to gotta other gotta challenges.
1: Yourse- you got, you got to make yourself into a fan of the game. Right. Right. Uh, but, uh, Philip Rivers, I think would be awesome. He Wouldn't would he be, be awesome?
0: Amazing. Amazing. He would be great. Gosh, darn Josh. Golly G. I, I think if I'm ESPN, it's Peyton Don Manning Don and Philip Rivers. Yeah. Philip yeah. Rivers is Don Meredith. Yeah. That would be great.
1: Yeah. All right. One last topic that you are going to love. I've been looking forward all morning long to talk to you about this. I need an XFL video to put with my XFL story. So that's why we're doing it. And, and look, I watched a lot of XFL football this week, and there's a group of XFL truthers out there on social media that thinks I hate the XFL and I'm trying to bring it down just because I happen to point out that the attendance is dropping week to week or the ratings are dropping week to week, but it's still out there, Chris. And it's on TV, and one of these days you're going to find yourself flipping through the channels, and you're going to watch a game, and you're going to realize, you know what, this isn't as bad as I thought. And one of the reasons that it it seems legitimate, the uniforms aren't kooky. Right. And the shots are of stadiums that we're used to, some of them. Yeah. Stadiums we're used to seeing. Right. So it makes it transferable, like St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Seattle, MetLife Stadium, as long as they don't show you that nobody's in there in the stands. Um, there's just something about it that, that I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't want to fall in love with it because I'm afraid it's going to leave and break my heart, but
0: you know, they're four weeks in and, and what is it? Tell me, tell me what the hell are we going to talk about? You talk, you said we're going to like this segment. I I haven't liked anything yet. Hurry up. I was, I was being sarcastic because you hate the (laughs) XFL.
1: I have an idea. For their extra point now since you haven't watched it you 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 may not even be aware of this you put the ball at the two for one point you put the ball at the five for two points you put the ball at the 10 for three points you decide ahead of time what you're gonna try to do and what happens is look it's still a two- point conversion to get one point so it's a lot of six six nine six twelve six I like multiples of seven I'd like it be to be easier to get that one point my idea is this put the ball at the 15 okay that's the extra point play the balls at the 15. If you get it to the 10, you get one. If you get it to the five, you get two. If you get it into the end zone, you get three. That defers the decision-making process from before the play until before and during the play because the defense doesn't know what to defend. And you got to be strategic about whether you're trying to gain five, whether you're trying to gain 10, whether you're trying to put it in the end zone. And I think it makes that play a hell of a lot more compelling if they just add that twist push it back five yards and give them a point for every five yards of field position they gain. What do you think of that?
0: Well, that's interesting. I have to digest that a little bit. Yes, you're right. I still have not watched a full game of XFL football and I don't plan on it anytime soon. I do want to like check out some of those things, but I've been saying that for three weeks now, I'm going to check out some of these new things they brought to the game and I haven't checked them out yet. Now, I guess I, I kind of like that. I do. Um, I don't know if I feel like that might be an advantage for the offense to do it that way a little bit good more scoring but yes but I guess what what would yeah I, I guess it just what I think about is like okay so you're a team that's you know down by seven right now you score the touchdown you got the ball at the 15 yard line and if you get to the 10 you get a first down. Well, you get a point. Yeah. Okay. Point. I know, but that's, man, it's just, you know, you tie it at the 10, you go ahead by one at the five, you go ahead by two. If you put it all the way in. Yeah. Okay. I know. It's just that to me, you're like, you're making the defense. Okay. Now have to defend the area for the game, but also fine. then avoid another area. So fine. You're right. XFL. I don't give a crap. Listen to Michael Florio and do that. Okay. Send all um, your hate mail to me. I'm the one not watching it right now. You should, you should, you should. But you should just watch. Them. I know, but it's, I've it's, seen let bits me tell you and something. pieces.
1: I don't know where these people are coming from, but there's this mob. Of, like I said, XFL truthers, Jimmy Traina of SI coined that. And, and he's right. Like if you say anything remotely negative, they start pounding on you. Like, all I pointed out is that the attendance was 12,250.
0: It's the so, WWE. Uh, they got like, you know, the, the they got they got a following. I mean, you you see you know, those things ain't showing I'm, up for the games. Well, I know, but they show up for that damn wrestling event every week I see on TV or whatever the hell it is. And I'm just like, wow. OK, so there's yeah there's They got a diehard following and I'm sure they don't like you crapping on their sport. Now, St. Louis and Seattle
1: have done very well. They're getting over 25,000 per game. But Tampa Bay, last week they had their home opener, they had 18,000 and change. This week, 12,000 and change. That is an unacceptable drop. I don't know how you sustain that, Chris. And, you know, you see those shots of all those red seats, there's no people there. When you see that on TV, if you're on the fence about turning the channel, yeah, you're going to say, I'm why the turn hell the am I channel? watching if nobody's at the damn game?
0: Exactly right. That's that's pretty much what I've done, other than a few quarterbacks catching my eye here and there where I've watched like a drive or a few throws. Other than that, I, I have a hard time, you know, staying on there. I just it lacks energy to me. Well, if anybody has made it this deep in today's PFTOT
1: without turning the channel or just turning off the video, congratulations, you win a one-year subscription to PFT. PFT Live, PFT PM, and the Chris Sims Unbutton podcast because they're all free anyway. Chris, I'm glad you're doing better. Let's do it again tomorrow, and we'll see everybody on Tuesday. See ya.